The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com From our nation's capital It is Tuesday, March 5, 2019 This is The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, my name is Bob Hello, Bob Hi, coming up on today's show The great Buzz Burbank From Buzz Burbank News and Comment Is here today Buzz Yes, we have that now Buzz We're going to be beating that to death, I'm sure Buzz also, Jerry Nadler and the House Dems are throwing down against the Trumps. I can't wait to see what comes to this uh, latest prong of the investigation. It's gigantic and everyone is involved. Meanwhile, the president is a maniac and he has to be removed from office before it gets worse. Oh my God, I'm serious. There's a heart attack about this. We'll talk about Trump's deranged CPAC Coke rant in just a second. It's getting really bad, folks. Next level crazy, I swear. God damn it! Meanwhile, Trump says there's no collusion, and he says the Dems have abandoned these charges. Well, guess what, Biff? Yes, there's collusion, and no, it hasn't been abandoned. Good luck. The House Democrats are coming for you. All right? Uh, by the way, we have a brand new product link at bobsuska.com. Those of you who listen to our Friday After Party podcast know that I've been fighting adult acne ever since I was a teenager. Yay for me. But several years ago, I discovered the Acne.org Regimen by Daniel Kern. These skincare products literally saved my life, or at least my skin. In addition to using DIM supplements to balance my hormones and Retin-A for spot treatments, I use Acne.org Super Absorbent Benzoyl Peroxide and Moisturizer every day after I shower, and it works unlike any over-the-counter acne product anywhere, and I've tried them all. If you suffer from acne, or especially if your kids are dealing with it, don't wait for the scars to appear, and don't bother with Proactive or the crap at the drugstore. They don't work. Instead, go to bobsuska.com and click the acne.org link. It'll take you to the acne.org page at Amazon, where you can stock up on this life-changing acne treatment, and will receive a small commission from your purchases. Again, that's bobsuska.com. Click the acne.org link under the logo, and say goodbye to acne forever. And now, let the cartoons begin. Casting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Now the time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. You get back here, you pass, can't wander. And no way that nobody's gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that government, I'm gonna die here. And no sidewinding, bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker is gonna roll my bushes cutter. Now, who can argue with that? Bob Seska! Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. Okay, it is the Trump crisis day, 775, 609 days until the 2020 presidential election. And look, right over there, it's... Buzz. It's Buzz. Hi, Buzz. Hi, everybody. Hi, Trump. <laughs> oh, Buzz. man. Good to, see, good to see you again, except for you. <laughs> Him. Buzz. Right. Bob and I are here today to take away your TV, your electricity, your hamburgers, and kill all of your cows and babies, and everything we say here is bullshit. You need to know that right up front. Buzz. 
You used an obscenity. Buzz. Bob. Oh, wait. Now he's saying my name. Bob. Shut up, Mr. President. Buzz. Now he's saying your name. He likes it when I use obscenities. He's just always, always pestering us. He's always pestering us. He won't go away. Buzz. Oh, my God. Going back to what you just said, Buzz, actually, that uh, Stephen Weber had probably Uh the tweet of the week along those lines. He said uh, on Twitter, he said, I'm going to take all the guns away from the cows and then I'm going to abort everyone. Which is exactly what the Republicans are saying we're doing. That's that's their platform about us <laughs> for 2020. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it'll probably, sadly, it'll stick with a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. I, you know, I don't even know where to start today. Uh, I have no idea because I, I understand. Was, I was in such a panic on uh, Saturday after I sat through all two hours and 20 <laughs> I minutes. I you were. I know. Uh, of Donald I worry Trump. about you. I mean, I, I went into it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to see what's going on here because it's going to be his first series of public remarks since the uh, Michael Cohen testimony. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be some next level crazy coming up here. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> with, you were uh, right. Donald yeah, Trump. we expected it. We knew it was coming. And it also came in the form of tweets over the weekend. But, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He I, did. He did go nuts. I mean, I didn't think that he was going to go as far as he did. <laughs> uh, and again, you know, we no, should it, never it, underestimate this guy, right? Right. It, it is a new level for him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, you you think you've adjusted to what his bottom is, and then you mm-hmm. find out we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, and and that and that's disturbing. I, I the one thing I will concede right up front is the speech was frightening in that. This man is the leader of the free world, the mm-hmm. president of the United States. Yeah. Um, that's not how it's supposed to go. No. No, uh, the way it went Saturday. And that is, to me, the most concerning thing of all. And as you said in the opening tease, that's uh, that's the crisis we're facing yeah. right now and the need uh, to remove him. And, and I have to tell you, I'm going over all this this morning, from the time I got up this morning to the time that we do this show, I got to thinking, well, first of all, I was in the shower and I was thinking, well, how do we get people, you know, who don't see what we see mm-hmm. yet yeah. to, to see it? And and because the idea here is to win them over. You know, the the Democrats are saying, oh, don't, don't say impeachment. Don't uh, use the I word. Don't, you know. <laughs> right. It's a, the first rule of impeachment club and all that. So, uh, you know, they're not, what they're doing is laying a case for impeachment mm-hmm. to try to sell the idea to the American people. Now, that thought right there out, outrages a lot of people in that we shouldn't have to sell it. You know, no. it's already, it's already laid out there. And yet it's not. Look at the polls look at this 46 percent approval or whatever that he sickening yeah. has I, I don't know that i believe it but i understand now why and and, and i understand I, i'm sorry to just explode all this at once but it's it's <laughs> it's all it's all in my head buzz this, this new yorker i'll we'll get to you in a minute this new yorker uh, uh, article uh, that, that has come out about yeah. the relationship between uh, trump and and fox news you see that fox is running the white house and and trump is running fox and mm-hmm. uh it's it's frightening and and you you understand who watches it and what the appeal was and how Roger Ailes and Rupert Murdoch planned this from the very beginning yep. uh, because they knew it would be good for business. And and you have all these working class people who are enamored 
and totally connected to Fox News and not believing anything else. And as long as that's the case, it's going to be hard to win over those people. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's what's troubling me today, Bob. Buzz. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was thinking about this myself, too, because, I mean, I, I was really disturbed by what, what I was watching on Saturday and then the, right. the whole series of things, which was... I don't even know how to describe it. It was like watching a, yeah. a crazy guy on the on a street corner just smearing feces on the side of a yeah, building yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it was really it was. unbelievable performance art. And I, I wrote about this for uh, Salon. And in fact, I don't think it's out right now, but it's going to be coming out just about any time now. And you probably find the link on my Facebook page eventually uh, sometime today. But, you know, I, I said, among other things, if I were to quiz Fox News viewers about Trump's completely unspooled madness at, at CPAC, I'd ask them in particular whether they'd ever accept this kind of behavior from their doctor, their kids' teachers, or their own bosses at work, whether they'd accept it from uh, their clergy or or the bus driver even who picks up their their children from school every day at the bus stop. The honest response would have to be no way. We would never accept this kind of behavior from someone who was... Yeah, but I don't know that you'll get that. I don't know if they're capable of delivering a a response. I think their responses would either be... Uh, or <laughs> yeah, uh, or or shut up, you elitist. I I, I just I, but I, I don't I, know how to reach these people. I, I just I feel like if it's unacceptable though for their doctors and their teachers. I mean, imagine someone about to cut into you know, and talking like and Donald I, Trump. I know you and I know this. You yeah. and I know this well. But they elected him because he's an asshole. Right. They love that about him. Uh, you know, this is, according to this New Yorker New Yorker article, Fox News saw that Trump had the same anger that, mm-hmm. uh, that, 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 that their viewers had. Right. And they thought, well, these would be good for each other. That's why Rupert Murdoch wanted Trump to be elected and has worked diligently for him ever since. Uh, and and it's, it's just frightening. Uh, to try to figure out how to break that cycle. Because, look, you and I, like I said, my point was you you and I see this. The people listening to us see this. Yeah. A lot of people are not seeing this. And although I once believed <laughs> that they would come around, I'm starting to wonder more now about that. I It's going to have to be huge. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. And even then, I, I don't know because uh, those folks are living in a bubble. Yeah, exactly. And, and I feel like um, they they have saddled us with this person based on a, a complete misunderstanding of what the yes. presidency is supposed to be. I mean, I don't know where yeah. they got this concept that it's OK. And, and this goes back to the Fox, the confluence of Fox News and the Trump administration, but where basically Fox News is state TV. But the right. but going back even further. Um, to the very beginning of the whole Trump thing. I mean, obviously what he's done is he's co-opted a pundit style, a AM talk radio screecher kind of style to his oh, presidency. Right, right. And, and whereas, and, and so I guess he's able to get away with it from that point of view. And so far as his supporters already recognize this kind of the behavior that he exhibited at CPAC, for example, they've already witnessed this from Sean Hannity and Mark Levin right. and, and Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck and all the rest of them. This is the, I mean, they've all soft from the ground for Trump to be able to take that kind of behavior, that kind of demagoguery and bullshit and propaganda into the Oval Office. And they love that about him. You you yeah. ask where did they get this idea? Right. Uh, because it 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 didn't work. It didn't mm-hmm. you know, it it didn't work for them to just have the anger themselves. They they yeah. needed somebody like this to to express it for them. Yeah, I mean totally. And you know, if this is an act 
if this is all just a performance that he is putting on for the benefit to, to pander to his red hats, to pander to his base, then even that, even that shows a horrific impeachment worthy yeah. level of, or lack of judgment. I mean, lack right. of, of sound reason where he's thinking that this is this is somehow acceptable behavior on the national stage or just acceptable behavior in public period from someone, especially with the kind of power that he wields as president of the United States, whether it's the nuclear yeah. uh, button, the nuclear codes that are sitting in his pocket every damn day, which is terrifying enough. To just, I mean, again, going back to uh, my my reasoned question to Red Hats, which is, would you accept this from any other professional in your life? I mean, people have been just given the skunk eye at a cash register and freaked out on their cashier for being an asshole. I mean, I can't even imagine if someone that you're dealing with on a professional basis or even on a day-to-day basis, going to work, coming home from work, someone in your carpool, someone on the subway, we would never allow this kind of behavior from anyone else. Your your attempt at logic would fall on death. (laughs) I know they 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 elected this guy because he's their shock jock Mm. president. They they decided. And what I meant to say earlier and got off track is that uh, for them, the old way wasn't working. Yeah, Uh, that that the presidents who behaved like presidents in their minds weren't getting the job done. Mm -hmm. And here comes a guy. And and there had been rumblings about we need a guy like this before Trump came along. Somebody that would really get in there and, and upset the apple cart, somebody to really, you know, turn things over and clean house and just just fix the damn thing and as far as government is concerned. Yeah. And and then Trump comes along who unfortunately for America doesn't know anything about anything. Right. And 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 in answer to the other question, I think I think he does partly believe what he preaches that you I think you have to have a certain level of delusion and there is no better candidate for it than Trump. Mm. Yeah. You have to have a certain level of delusion to pull this off, but yeah, I also agree that he's using it intentionally to manipulate the the populace, which he delights in doing, it tickles him yeah. to, uh, and and he has the power. Bob, it's 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 I'm I'm you caught me on a, a frightened week, and I'm, I'm <laughs> I apologize Uh-oh. to everyone Uh-oh. about that, okay? Because you you had talked before. In fact, you were uh, prescient about this. Mm. Uh, the the Democrat, I'm sorry, the Republican Party and uh, Donald Trump campaign 2020 becoming one, and they in fact now have. Yep. Uh, you you called that before it actually happened, mm-hmm. and then and then it actually happened. Yeah. Uh, and and then we see, especially in this New Yorker article, I'm sorry, I'm fresh off reading it, that that Trump and Fox News are also one. He yeah. controls that media that controls so many Americans, mm-hmm. and he controls uh, he controls too much. You know, one of the crazy things he said Saturday in that frightening speech was, "We have to." get our country back wait a minute you have the white house the senate and the supreme court (laughs) and fox news and you want to win it back yeah exactly from whom yeah, well, you know, this is the this is the ongoing argument that we've heard from right. the Republicans even before right. Donald Trump, which is that they want to return to this 1950s whitewashed utopia. And, you know, all the things that went along with having, you know, a tax base that could support a, a robust middle class and things like that. They want to go back to that. And you know what? They don't want to go back to the things that made it possible, like the GI Bill. They don't want to go back to, you know, a, a tax rate for the upper 1% that was uh, 90% 
I think that was the highest tax mm-hmm. rate during the Eisenhower years. They don't want to go back to any of the reasons how that got started. They just want it somehow magically, and by doing so, you know, that's that's one of the many contradictions about all of this, is that <laughs> in the desire to go back to that 1950s utopia, they're actually enabling a president who would never get elected in the 1950s, who would be laughed off the stage, who would never be taken seriously in that era. And so or, it just doesn't or would jo- be considered, Or would be considered frightening, or both, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when, when you're talking about this Fox News piece, too, I was noticing uh, one of the big standout items from the the piece in uh, the New Yorker is this uh, item about Roger Ailes giving Trump uh, mm-hmm. the Trump campaign advance notice about questions that Megyn Kelly was going to ask right. during the first Republican debate in 2015. And that was the debate in which uh, uh, Megyn Kelly said to Trump, you've called women you don't like fat pigs, dog slobs and disgusting animals. And then Trump interrupted her question with a quip, only Rosie O'Donnell. And, and so it was seemed like yeah, that yeah. was a prepared line based on getting that question in advance. He, he wouldn't have been that ready. He has trouble yeah. processing what he's hearing, uh, <laughs> and and he couldn't have been that fast if he if he didn't have some kind of heads up. Yeah. But I mean, and and it goes on to say, I mean, not to, uh, to worship this article too much, but it it goes on to say that uh, uh, one of the first reporters to uncover the Stormy Daniels story. Uh, was a Fox News Channel entertainment reporter. Wow. And she got a hold of the contract, and she got a hold of Michael Cohen's emails. She had proof of this. She had uh, spoken with Stormy Daniels. Uh, she had uh, more. I mean, she had uh, the whole thing, yep. and she took it, and they, they passed it from editor to editor to editor until it finally got to the head of Fox News, who said, uh, you know, a nice work, kiddo, uh, but Rupert wants Trump to win. Jesus. So they bury the Stormy Daniels story yeah, in advance so they, of the they, election. They, yeah, they, they, they and they were it. one of the first to have it and yeah. ended up killing it. So, again, you know, and it's just, it. like I said, how do we bring in uh, – the people who still approve of Trump if they're married to the Fox News Channel. Yeah. Because I understand when a, when a red hat marries a Bernie supporter, the children are just beautiful. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, I, I think a lot of uh, Fox News viewers and Trump supporters alike are so far behind the curve when it comes to the day-to-day reporting that we've been seeing on the Russia story and, and everything else that when they finally catch up, that what they're doing is they're catching up to individual items that are otherwise part of a larger narrative, but they're only seeing those individual items. They're not seeing the broader narrative. And I think in some ways, a lot of the uh, traditional press, um, and I would say maybe more along the lines of the cable news networks, haven't really been put in, and obviously there are exceptions like Rachel and Lawrence, but I mean, they haven't been putting this whole series of Trump crimes and investigations into a strong enough narrative so that you get a sense of where all this is going, where it's been, what things lead to the next thing and so on, what the succession of, of events are. And what's happened is that I think a lot of people think, well, they see one item in a vacuum and they go, well, how is this even important? And why should right. I bother when I'm driving right. my kids to okay. school and trying to make but, ends meet? Right. But then how do we get them at some point to sit down and see the bigger picture? Uh, that's And I know that's where Robert Mueller is headed. Yeah. That's where the congressional investigations are headed. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it works. I am a little more worried today than on other days that it that it might not. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I hope my... My fear is unfounded, but I, I, you know, I think there's some credence to it. Yeah, you know, I, I think 
this also applies to what Trump did at CPAC um, because, you know, I get the sense that there's not a lot of urgency out there following uh, th- that event. And I, I do call it an event because it, it was one of those, I, I don't know what you would even call it, one of those uh, p- periods of time in which you really got a sense of how bad things are right now and how dangerous yeah, and precarious the- things are. Didn't I mean? It's always. Didn't we already know? I'm I'm torn about this. I mean, again, to me, the most frightening aspect of Saturday's CPAC speech is that man is president. Hmm. Uh, That's that's my takeaway. My 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 first my gut reaction was, and and you know this from Twitter or Facebook or something. Uh, that, uh, you know, it's another day. It's Trump ranting again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did rant more. He did take it all farther this time. And that yeah. that is noteworthy. It's also understandable after the week that he had, not forgivable, but you understand how that happened or why that would happen with him mm-hmm. after the week that he's had yeah. and, and the way things are going for him, which is not, not well at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, regardless of, of whether it's something that is recognized by his supporters as being way, way out of line with previous uh, presidential behavior. Uh, whether that. or not, yeah, whether they understand and they like and wh- it. whether or not we can convince them. I think the big takeaway after CPAC has got to be that the president of the United States is mentally unfit to continue serving yeah. as president. Agreed. And I think, yeah, Agreed. I mean, beyond anything that he's said in the past as far as obnoxious mm-hmm. blurts or tweets or whatever you want to call it. And this- you and I see that, and the Democrats in Congress see that. And yeah. I'm sure the the Mueller team sees that. Yeah. But until and 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 the the the, the wisest, most experienced people in Congress are telling us that you simply cannot proceed yeah. with impeachment uh, unless you have the will of the American people behind you. And the only way they know of to build that will is to. Uh, conduct these hearings and investigate uh, virtually every aspect of Trump's life, not that it doesn't bear investigating. Yeah. Well, what it's done, I I think the lack of ability to be able to zero in on Trump's behavior as being something that I would put on the same level as his criminality in terms of the overall dangers of the Trump presidency. I would put these things, I I think, side by side, because I think his behavior is just as dangerous as his crimes. And and the problem with that, though, is is getting people to understand that this is not just Trump popping off. I think for to a certain degree, Trump yeah. has been normalized. His behavior has been normalized. People, yep. generally speaking, even enemies of Trump, even those of us who despise Trump, aren't willing to sit and tolerate Trump's behavior for two hours and 20 goddamn minutes. And, and so, therefore, I don't think we're really prioritizing this in the place it needs to be, which is a, a sense of serious urgency. I mean, this guy is completely unspooled, and, and yet he's got the nuclear codes. I mean, I don't know if there's a point in time at which he's going to completely snap. Does and- a falling tree in a forest make a sound if 40% <laughs> of us are wearing earplugs? That's true. Good point. But, I mean... I, you know, this is, this is the problem. Yeah. You and I see it you know reasonable rational normal people see it mm-hmm. uh but but there's that group that that still does not there's there's a, a large segment of america who who uh, writes that off as another saturday yeah. uh, another day of trump and and i i consider it another day of trump too although he stepped up the game and it was a reminder that uh, especially a wounded cornered animal can be dangerous yeah, uh, and and it's a reminder absolutely it was a reminder that we already knew that he is a dangerous president 
this is how we would expect him to react as we back him farther into a corner. Mm-hmm. That's, of course, uh, carries the frightening prospects. But uh, obviously, there's really no other way to close in. I mean, I'm I'm for removing him this hour. If yeah. somebody has a uh, a legal, uh, humane way of, of doing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in my experience, I, I feel like we can put the word out and, and that the word will uh, eventually spread. I mean, it's not spreading fast enough, but I, I think if we keep up this uh, we have to. leaning on the panic button, I think we, we absolutely have to because if we don't, then it's just become completely normalized. The minute you and I stop talking right, about it, the minute right. Stephanie Miller stops talking about it, the minute we all stop talking about Trump's behavior in and of itself is the minute that it becomes normalized. And what we're already and- in is a place where it's not so much, the, the danger isn't so much Trump himself as much as it is future Trumps and more clever Trumps. Yeah, well, one thing that I, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I think people worried about future Nixons too, and until yeah. now we have we haven't had one. So let's deal with the fire we have right now, and we'll we'll there. There's generally always after something like this uh, a series of legislation to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So let I'd, I'd like to. Yeah, I definitely want to revisit that, but I, I don't want to distract us from the the task at hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a. a, a a challenging time. The other thing we have to do, in, in the, the wise words spoken directly to me by Alice Cooper. <laughs> okay, I got to hear this. When everything screams, nothing screams. Buzz. <laughs> right. No, I. It's it's true. It's true. Uh, and, and his point was, yeah, I know. Uh, you know that you, you got to have some texture. We we don't want to sound like complete lunatics. We yeah. and and even. Even if we're right, and even if we're right to be passionate about it, if the other guy thinks we're a lunatic, we're not going to sell our argument. Mm-hmm. So uh, we need to be wise about how, how we conduct ourselves, and, and, and we have to be realistic about what we can and can't accomplish at any given moment. Mm-hmm. I agree. We cannot let up. We must also, uh, to a certain extent, uh, restrain ourselves from becoming them. You know, I, maybe just to further emphasize uh, what we're looking at here. This is this is a, an actual quote of, of what I wrote in Salon today. This is sort of a right. sneak preview of uh, okay, uh, my good. description of, of CPAC uh, for Salon. I said at, at CPAC, Trump ricocheted from his prepared teleprompter remarks into what can only be described as a herky-jerky stream of conscious creep show, a syphilitic Wonka boat ride into the dark, twisted world of Trump's increasingly haunted, scattered brain. There yeah. was sweaty, red-faced performance art, American flag leg-humping, bizarre and often shouty anecdotes leading nowhere, insults and obscenities directed at his enemies, both real and imagined, mean-spirited attempts at jokes, unabridged fear-mongering about infanticide and murderous immigrants, bug-eyed facial contortions more terrifying than the Momo challenge, and other knee-jerk outbursts that defy description. And I think that's generally what I was observing in, in shocked horror, and I've seen a lot of Trump horrible things over the years. And this shocked me uh, because again, he he did. did, Yeah, he did go farther this time. He he leveled up. And, And the other thing that I keep thinking about in all of this, as far as 
why this kind of behavior is being so accepted by Trump's base and 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 why he feels the need to keep delivering them this be- behavior Fox to News. to pander to them. Exactly right. But but what I always think about is is more of a. Uh, um, a, a generational thing. Um, if I may, I read a thing in, in the post today that said this was your grandpa yelling at the TV <laughs> camera. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny because uh, grandpa, you know, the, uh-huh. the baby boomer Trump voters in particular, the men and women who taught my generation, Gen X, about how to properly behave in public when we were kids, how to right. recognize and surround ourselves with people of strong character, modesty, and goodwill, the ideals of uh, contrition, sportsmanship, expertise, rationality, reason. They don't seem to hold their current president to any of those standards. No. And I said here on and Salah, I said, indeed, they expect Trump to reject all of those values in order to own the libs, among other ridiculously infantile justifications. There, there it is. There it is. Yeah. It's that shock jock mentality. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've seen this phenomenon before. <laughs> Up close. <laughs> Up <laughs> yeah. close. Yeah. I, and, and, and in that, there's this level of crudeness and cruelty. Yeah. And uh, it was entertaining, and it mm-hmm. got people through rough times. But it was there was cruelty and crudeness to it that that actually increased over time. And uh, it was not lost on me that uh, some of its closest followers mm-hmm. were themselves uh, crude and cruel people, and yeah. willing to express that publicly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's unnerving to me to see that unfolding on a national political scale. Yeah, and I try not to lean on the panic button every time Trump steps up to a microphone. I really do, because like you said, like your Alice Cooper quote, at a certain point, all of that noise blends together into just white noise, and then you hear nothing. And and likewise with us. If we're going to be screaming all the time, nothing we say will stand out. So scream judiciously. Yeah, exactly right. And and on the upside of all of this, I mean, as we're sitting here and I'm leaning on the panic button about Trump's behavior, and I really, honest to God, I believe that it's now's the time to start taking this seriously, this crap that he's pulling off in public. No kidding. We're not kidding anymore, folks. (laughs) That's right. Don't make us turn this car around. Yeah, as, as if we were kidding before. But I'm, what right. I'm saying is, now shit's getting serious. Now he no, is, is he's leveled up to something new, and and, it's, and the more the more he's cornered, and and he is, and and I hope we we talk about that some yeah. too. But the more cornered he is, the more uh, bizarre and dangerous he's going to be. Right. Uh, the only thing that can save us is his stupidity. That's right. Well, I mean, <laughs> by, and, by by the way, the secret word on the show today is Hickenlooper. <laughs> Uh, be be the tenth caller and get a free presidential candidacy sometime this hour when you hear us say the word Hickenlooper. <laughs> uh, stand by. I, by the way, I am supporting a Klobuchar Hickenlooper ticket because I want to see a bumper sticker that's three feet long. That's exactly right. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Buzz. <laughs> All right. So uh, we, we needed that. On that note, let's talk about Patreon. Coming up on Earth One, our interview show that we exclusively present on our Patreon page at BobSuskaShow.com. We've got a huge Russia update this week with Jackie Schechter from InvestigateRussia.org. And and next week, this is going to be so much fun for me personally. I don't know about you, but I know I'm going to have fun on ne- next I like week's fun. yeah next next week's uh, interview show. I'm going to chat with Donna Halper. She is the former. Cl- 
Cleveland rock DJ who discovered my favorite band, Rush, and introduced uh, <laughs> Rush to America as, uh, back in the day. And in fact, this month is the uh, 45th anniversary of their very first album. So that's why we're going to be talking about Donna Helper, about, about her days with Rush and her interactions with the band and how she ended up discovering Rush. And we're going to get into some politics, too, because it turns out Donna Helper is also a politics expert. So we're going to talk about all that and more. That'll be next Wednesday. This coming up Wednesday. Tomorrow is going to be Jackie Schechner. So make sure to bookmark our Patreon page at bobsuskashow.com and if you dig what you hear please help support this completely independent podcast for a dollar a month five dollars a month ten dollars a month or fifteen dollars a month and depending on your subscription amount we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content including our post-mortem show recorded right after the end credits roll on our tuesday and thursday shows along with our friday after party podcast and the 90 minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials we're also posting all kinds of free content on our patreon page including our wednesday interview show with people like malcolm nance john fugel saying Tony Atamanek, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela duo. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And uh, that's it. Thanks in advance. The Bob Seska Show. Buzz. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Buzz. Okay, big Tuesday show here. We got too many things to talk about. Um, and I know sometimes these uh, these events like the CPAC rant, whatever the hell that was, uh, take up a lot of time. But man, it's only taken up time uh, equal to the amount of urgency, I think, that goes along with it. So, right. But meanwhile, we've got uh, some good news here in all of this. Oh, really? In fact, there's a lot of good news today. And the Democrats are throwing down, and this is all fantastic news. Jerry Nadler and the House Judiciary Committee are uh, are really going after the Trumps. And they released don't, this. <laughs> What's don't, that? don't say impeachment. <laughs> well, you know, actually, there's a great quote. I think the congressional quote of the week goes to Maxine Waters, who made me really, really happy. She said here on Twitter. For the faint of heart who've been waiting for every T to be crossed and every I to be dotted, now is the time to demonstrate your patriotism. Support impeachment. <laughs> that is the great Maxine Waters on Twitter. So Right. We're, we're doing it. We're not calling it that. We're going to call it something else. We haven't come up with a name for it yet. Yeah. Perhaps we should try to name a contest for that. See if somebody can come up with a better name than impeachment, which I, seems to frighten uh, too many people. I got a better answer for that. I got, I've got the alternative name right here, Buzz. Uh, on, on the West Wing, when they wanted to talk about a recession, instead uh-huh. of saying the R word, recession, right. they uh-huh. would just use the code word bagel. They would just say, oh, we're, 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 there's a threat of a bagel. We've got to talk to the Fed about this upcoming bagel. We don't want there to be a bagel. Two quarters of uh, negative growth equals a bagel. Uh, we'll make this one an eclair. <laughs> well, I was just going to go with bagel. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's been used. That's, That's for true. the recession. Oh, a donut. Let's go. Yeah, how how about just repurpose. call it? We'll just call I, it a donut then. How I like that? eclair, but all right. <laughs> all right. Well, you eat what you eat, and I'll eat what I eat. <laughs> Uh, but Jerry Nadler in the House Judiciary Committee throwing down against yeah. the Trumps, and this is great news. They're going to be covering uh, three different things, according to this press release from uh, Nadler's office. Uh, obstruction of justice, including the possibility of interference by the president and others in the number of uh, criminal investigations and other official proceedings, as well as the alleged cover-up of violations of the law. That's uh-huh. one thing. 
Uh, public corruption, including potential violations of the emoluments clauses of the U.S. Constitution, more of which we heard about today with uh, uh, the Trump uh, International Hotel in Washington, D.C., being used by people specifically lobbying the president. Uh, conspiracy to violate federal campaign and financial reporting laws and other criminal misuses of official positions for personal gain and still more abuses of power including attacks on the press, the judiciary and law enforcement agencies, misuse of the pardon power and other presidential authorities, and attempts to misuse the power of the office of the presidency. Thank fucking God. Trump is crazy. Is Other than that, is everything okay? <laughs> well, did you notice yesterday he tweeted something that I thought was a, an explicit abuse of power? He yes, tweeted something about the uh, tornadoes in Alabama, and he said, I'm going to offer A-plus treatment. I've ordered yes. FEMA to give Alabama A-plus treatment in, in the wake of these uh, tornadoes. Not and, for California or anywhere else, but but yeah, for exactly. Alabama, absolutely. Yeah, and to me, that's an abuse of power, where he's punishing the states that voted against him and rewarding the states that voted for him. That is an obvious abuse of power, and you know what? Wow. He deleted that goddamn tweet about Alabama wow. and A plus treatment. He yeah, got he rid should. of it. He should. He somebody somebody wised him up. Somebody gave him a heads up about that. There yeah. are so many things uh, to to hate and be frightened about uh, with this president that it's really it really is hard to keep track of them. Uh, really, the the the. the thought we have to focus on is yep. as you said his removal and from what i'm reading we're still maybe a year away from that yeah uh, you know so he's he may make it three quarters of the way through this we'll we'll see and of course that depends on the Mueller probe and a lot of other things but here you, you have the house diving into everyone the president knows and every uh, aspect of his life his business life his campaign uh, the, the the presidency itself uh and and it, it it does your heart good to see like uh, Sean Spicer on the list and some other people uh, that they, they give you smile, I think. But uh, it, it, who wins this fight? Uh, you have Trump, who has referred to uh, Chairman Nadler as uh, Fat Jerry. Fat Jerry, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, Gerald Nadler uh, calling as witnesses uh, his daughter, his two sons, uh, his, you know, and, and everybody else. I mean, uh, his his son-in-law, uh, calling in his family. Who who wins in that? The guy who called uh, the other guy Fat Jerry, or the guy who <laughs> who lassoed his fan, the president's family. Who wins that exactly? Speaking of which, you notice who's not on this list. I'm looking at a list of 81 people who they're demanding right. documents from, and Ivanka Trump is not yeah. on this list. That's been pointed out. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Well, I was wondering if this is maybe like a political move, like they maybe want to leave <laughs> someone alone uh, so as to not feel like they're... Maybe the p perception would be, if they went after Ivanka Trump, maybe the perception would be that they're monsters for going that after this. That would be this. mean. Yeah, to yeah. go after that 82nd person, that would be mean. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. 81 people we're okay with, but you bring her into it and it's all over, kids. Well, that's I, uh, I underscore yeah. the, the her because I, I yeah, think there's right, something about right. Ivanka Trump that projects the sense of innocence and this you know this yeah, kind of Disney well, princess style. It's not, it's not working. I mean, yeah. she's been caught lying. Uh, That's true. In this in this past week and exposed here as well. And maybe it's an oversight. Uh, they can certainly add her to the list or mm -hmm. call her later. Remember when 
Nadler was first talking about this yesterday. He said it would be 60 people. We get up this morning, oh, and yeah. it's 81. You go, what? Right. <laughs> you found another <laughs> nearly two dozen people? And and everything, you know, the Trump Organization, the Trump Foundation, uh, everything Trump is, is on this list. And yep. those who don't cooperate, and the White House might not, uh, on some things, uh, everybody who doesn't initially cooperate will be subpoenaed. Yeah. So you know, and that of course could set up a fight with the White House if they resist. But the the House investigators here were very careful to only uh, ask for documents from all of these eighty one parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, only asked for documents that these parties had already provided yeah. to other investigators, uh, making it uh, nearly impossible for any of them to, to reasonably say no. <laughs> or to say, oops, we lost those documents. We don't have those things anymore. Right, right. So yeah. they started there just so just to keep the opposition down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can always and will, no, uh, no doubt, to spread from there. Well, uh, insofar as there's no Ivanka on this list, there are also a right. bunch of names that we've never seen before on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, names that... I I don't think I've ever seen appear in the news. And and suffice right. to say, I mean, obviously we'll have to check in with Jackie on Wednesday regarding some of these names. She, that, uh, she we, knows all of them. Jackie knows all of them. Exactly. <laughs> She's fully familiar with the entire cabal. And so she'll, she'll be able to fill in the blanks in terms of who some of these people are. But as far as the big names on the list, I mean, out of these 81 people, there are a lot of huge names that I cannot wait yeah. to see them in, in in some sort of public hearing. And one it's of the a names... wonderful that, list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the names, Buzz, that, that pops out to me is... Uh, Brad Parscale, which I uh-huh. thought up to now we would have heard more about because this was the guy who was in charge. Who's now he's now in Paul Manafort's role inside the Trump mm-hmm. campaign. But before in the 2016 iteration of the Trump campaign, Brad Parscale ran their entire digital operation. So the entire digital aspect of the campaign and so on was orchestrated by this guy, whether it's the website, whether it's the social media presence, what you know, what gets issued out to uh, uh, the Internet uh, uh, publications and so on. This all goes through uh, Brad Parscale. And I wonder if this guy was also instrumental in uh, um, rigging online polls, receiving information from the Russians, intelligence and right. so on uh, to uh, d- to better target certain districts with digital uh, right. propaganda. And, and campaign materials and so on. So I'll be interested to see it's, more from that guy because sure, yeah. I it, mean, it's heart. It's heartening to know that Brad Parscale and so many other people have not been forgotten. Uh, and and it, it's uh, really an interesting list when you see some of the entities that are on it. In addition to the various Trump organizations, yeah. uh, Cambridge Analytica, the yep. National Enquirer. Uh, the NRA, yeah. the Justice Department, the Trump campaign, and the White House. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot. Yeah, it's amazing, because on yeah. this list, the FBI is on this list, uh, <laughs> the uh, Donald J. Trump Revocable Trust, The yeah, as you said, the Justice Department is on the list. <laughs> and it would it would appear insane. It would yeah. appear like, and, and the Republic, Republicans have said, oh, they're, they're casting a wide net here, uh, hoping they'll catch a fish. No, the <laughs> net is wide because there's a large school of fish we can see yeah. uh, and and the net had to be that big to cover all those things it looks like a little a little crazy the, this investigation but uh, there are reasons for all of it when you look at the list of witnesses and you look at the list of things they are to be asked about documents the nature of the documents that have been requested from them. Yeah. Uh, it, it all becomes very obvious that it's all relevant uh, to one thing or another. And it's also 
massive, more massive than you would expect, because it has a much broader scope than the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Where Mueller is limited; he can't certain things he can't touch. But uh, uh, because they, uh, it is their constitutional duty to serve as oversight for the government. Uh, these House committees are all over all of these things, yeah. uh, including all that stuff that Mueller can't touch. Well, they're hiding behind that. They're hiding behind the fact that Mueller's scope is limited and counting on that to say, well, look, they couldn't find all this shit they've been screaming about. Yeah. And, and it's and it would only be because the, the scope and the mandate for the special counsel when uh, Rosenstein in, in, in first uh, invoked it what uh, was quite limited to Russia collusion and obstruction of justice. Justice. And so you're missing all kinds of other things, financial crimes, all the shit that went to SDNY, all the shit that Congress is going to be looking at now. And, uh, you know, you look at this uh, this list again, and there's a murderer's row of, uh, right. of, of proper names here. Number 65 well, through 69, the White House, Trump campaign, Trump Foundation, Trump yeah. organization, and the Trump transition. Trump is crazy. I mean, I can only imagine the shit that's in those uh, those tranches of documents uh, that, that we haven't seen yet. Uh, uh, that right. which investigators have certainly seen, but which uh, the public has not yet seen. Um, meanwhile, along those lines, there's also this breaking news from MSNBC today and the Washington Post that the Democrats are preparing to issue a demand for 10 years of Donald Trump's tax returns. As God damn it. Yeah. As they should. God damn it. Now, let me, let me explain. The, the Republicans have a, a timing advantage here. Uh -huh. They are claiming that uh, Democrats are doing this now because Democrats have at the last minute gotten worried that the Mueller report isn't going to come through for them. And that's mm -hmm. how they're portraying it to your Fox News viewers. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's what they're pitching right now. Uh, what they don't what they're not pointing out to their Fox News viewers and uh, these Republican leaders in Congress is that uh, we're having this investigation now. Because Republicans wouldn't do it when they were, this stuff would have started long ago in a normal world. That's right. You know, or in a world in which at least the House were uh, controlled by Democrats. Uh, we're doing this, uh, the Democrats are doing this, careful, uh, because <laughs> because they finally got elected. Yeah. They finally got the votes to, to be able to do this, to provide the oversight that Congress is constitutionally required to give. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be claiming that, well, this is a, a, it's been called hedging, the Democrats are hedging their bets, yeah. they've said. Uh, no, no, we just, we're finally getting around to what y your lard asses didn't do. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny you brought that up. They're, they're putting out the word now and this is trump and and all of his minion are putting out the word now that oh because there's no collusion the democrats have moved on to other crimes because they right. couldn't prove collusion because of x y and z and they're they're insisting that uh, the michael cohen testimony eliminated collusion off of the table and that is not the case whatsoever no he, he said that there i mean again what we talked about on thursday buzz what we all discussed here on the panel show was that right. uh, that michael cohen's speaks in very specific terms because he is a lawyer. And when you ask him, was there collusion between Donald Trump and the Russians? He is going to say no, because in fact, Donald Trump didn't do the, the collusion. Donald Trump ordered his buffas, as they say in Godfather 2. The buffas, the, the family had a lot of buffas. So all the buffas were the ones, the buffers, to use proper English, were the ones who did all the colluding at Donald Trump's behest. So you could say, like, literally speaking, no, Donald Trump didn't do the conspiracy himself. It was his people. Now, that all being said, there is plenty of evidence, therefore, 
that you know this all kinds of collusion took place in fact adam yes. schiff says yeah. that there is direct evidence of collusion between the trump yes. campaign and the russians meanwhile mark warner said there's enormous amounts of evidence that trump colluded with the russians during the 2016 campaign and that is a direct quote enormous amounts of evidence and he said here that there is no one that could factually say there's not plenty of evidence sorry for the well, double negative there plenty of evidence of cooperation for uh, uh, collaboration or communications between the trump or organization and Russians. So, you know, it's coming in from all around and and Mark Warner has really proved himself to be not so much um you know, a, a lean on the panic button every day kind of guy. He's not like right. he's not like me, Buzz. He's not leaning <laughs> on the panic button every day. Uh but he is, you know, in a very sober way Yes. Slowly, methodically over time, revealing well, kind of his takeaway from all these investigations that are and, taking away, taking place in the Republican Intelligence Committee. And as impatient as I feel, I think I think politically he's he's playing that correctly. I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's the way we've got to handle it until we can get more evidence out there. But yeah. abuse of power and obstruction of justice. You were talking about uh, what uh, Schiff believes and another chairman. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, you have Jerry Nadler, uh, a judiciary. He believes uh, that the president has committed obstruction of justice. Yeah. He is investigating that and he's investigating abuse of power. Those two things alone have gotten presidents impeached in the last 50 years. Yeah. So, it, you know, he he doesn't. He doesn't want to call it an impeachment panel, but it it is an impeachment panel. Well, I do think that there some of what Jerry Nadler is talking about, which is this Donald Trump attack on the rule of law. Some of that, really, yes, to me, yes. also involves Donald Trump's public remarks, whether it's at CPAC, whether it's at his rallies, yeah, whether it's on man. Twitter. Those are all part of the attacks, I believe, on the rule of law. And we're going to see lots of evidence coming out and- in, in that specific portion of the House Judiciary Committee's investigation. Remember that that three-pronged investigation involves, for example, abuses of power, including attacks on the press, the judiciary, and law enforcement agencies. That specifically references his public statements that all get wrapped in to these insane stream-of-consciousness Gabby Johnson kind of uh, rave-outs. And doesn't an attack on the rule of law constitute a violation of his oath to serve the Constitution? Yeah, that is absolutely true as well. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I think we have a case here. We we have a procedure. We have we have a certain procedure we need mm-hmm. to go through. Yeah. Uh, and uh, th- that's, you know, I don't like it any more than you do, but I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's absolutely necessary. I want the guy gone yesterday. Right, right. Uh, but but we, we have to do this, and it may be... <laughs> We we still have a couple miles to walk, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, just, yeah. You know, keep keep trudging along. Uh, but I I do have faith in in where this is going. I just like I said, I hope we can somehow win uh, the people who are watching Fox News. Well, that's, you know, the bitch of it is, uh, Buzz, that uh, you have to go through a process to investigate, even if the investigation centered mainly around Donald Trump's public behavior or lack of public behavior. You know, you can't just say, okay, the president said awful things at CPAC, impeach now, and and then tomorrow it's done. Obviously, we're going to go through uh, an investigatory process in in showing all of that. So you're exactly right when it comes to that. There has to be a preponderance of evidence in there has to be intent, and there has to be all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, and and we're we're getting there. I mean, y- we've seen, we've watched the evidence accumulate uh, yeah, over yeah. these past 
24 months. Exactly. And, you know, as we're all going around social media and we're skimming through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that shit, don't let anyone tell you that there is no more collusion, that collusion is off the table. Collusion has always and will always be on the table up through and including the issuance of any reports, any additional indictments, any any charges levied by uh, these various House committees. This is something that is, is... happening in plain sight and we know this because i I mean you take away everything any other instance of collusion that we've been discussing take it all away and just focus on the circumstances around that trump tower meeting in and of itself that was the most glaring publicly known example (laughs) of collusion that we've seen uh in in all of this shit Uh, on top of all of the shit that that we don't quite have sussed out with evidence and everything because don jr stupidly released all of his text messages and emails with rob goldstone into the public domain and we uh, we have it you know that and i know that but a lot of people aren't paying attention to that again detail from a public standpoint we're we're not there yet but from a public standpoint there is no collusion until there is and and <laughs> yeah. so we i'm sorry we as uh, despite the table full of evidence we have here your honor uh there, there's not enough yet to to convince the jury we're we're gonna need more yeah uh we we still i think in many ways need a kind of smoking gun and and maybe the muller because like i said we've got the We've got the spent shells in the room full of smoke. You know, we just don't, we haven't found the gun yet. Maybe when some of the smoke clears, we will. Or maybe Robert Mueller will uncover it. Or maybe uh, one of these congressional committees will stumble onto it. And that's how it's done, by the way. Well, I just, uh, I feel like those Don Jr. emails are a smoking gun. I think when he you, said, I love yeah, it I know. to the, and you know. So do I, and so do I. And this was how long ago now? Yeah. Um, you know, uh-huh. You know that's part of the case. It's part. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, you're right. I I see what you see, Bob. I yeah. do. I absolutely do. But it isn't enough. Look around. Look at the polls. Mm-hmm. It's not enough yet. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to take, but it's going to take more than that. Well, uh, I, you know, here's yeah. a here's a great example of maybe something that we're we're both talking about here, as far as uh, something that needs to happen. Um, and that is that story with regard to. Uh, remember a few weeks ago when the story came out that uh, apparently Michael Cohen was coached to lie by Donald Trump and his congressional testimony. And then that was looking like, I mean, where the Republicans were like, oh, Jesus, we, how are we going to wiggle our way out of this one? And it looked like something disastrous was going to happen with actual Republicans saying, all right, now this is a step too far. We need right. to talk about this. And in, and, and in fact, ended up getting uh, debunked later on, but, but kind of not really debunked because there's something similar that was happening behind the scenes according to Michael Cohen in his testimony so um, but needless to say if if something like that comes out if we find out that um, in fact Donald Trump did explicitly coach someone to lie to Congress I think that's when you're going to start to see uh, the, the the cracks starting to form in the Republican coalition in Congress at least. I, I guess what it's going to take as I sit here and continue to try to noodle this through is <laughs> Is, is to hope that there's a point at which uh, the Democrats uncover uh, evidence that for other Republicans in Congress, never mind for a moment the uh, immovable voting public, yeah. but there may come a, a point at which the Democrats in Congress may convince enough Republicans in Congress or may present to them evidence, irrefutable evidence, that uh, they 
maybe we'll reach a point where it's something they cannot deny. Yeah. Uh, they we see that even now uh, they they stick with Trump, even as as Republicans in the Senate prepare to vote down his emergency order the first time around. Uh, while that may seem defiant, they're sticking with him on everything else at this point. Yeah. Uh, but but they are showing in this moment that they are willing to draw a line on certain things. Mm -hmm. The so Democrats in Congress have to find what button to push. What thing is it that they can find that the Republicans in the Senate cannot say no to? That's what's going to move the needle because I think once the public sees the Republican Senate closing in on the president, I think then maybe public sentiment will change. Maybe that's really where it begins at this point is for Democrats in the House to find a way to convince Republicans in the Senate that they cannot ignore this danger any longer. You know what's fascinating, Buzz, is that the Republicans in the Senate are lining up against Donald Trump on the national Mm -hmm. emergency, where this is actually going to, I think in the Senate, it's going to pass uh, this revocation of the national emergency is going to pass with a veto-proof majority in the Senate, but not in the House. They're not going to have enough votes to uh, override Trump's veto in the House. So it's not, so Trump's veto, which is really, it's going to end up happening once he gets the uh, actual piece of legislation. Uh, They're not going to be able to override it in Congress. But the fact is that uh, the Republicans in the Senate are willing to line up against Donald Trump on this. And I'm wondering why this in particular, because it speaks directly to one of Trump's top shelf items, which is the build the wall and and make Mexico pay for it and uh, and and fuck all the immigrants. I mean, th- that seems to be as if that is like the main Trump thing, even above no collusion and witch hunt and Peter Strzok and his lover, Peter, Lisa Page and all that shit. This is like the biggest Trump thing, and they're lining up against Trump on it. In fact, this is the biggest Trump thing since the midterms and will be the basis of his reelection campaign, building the wall and the national emergency if he, and if, so on. If he, if he wins, which, uh, you know, he, he may be headed for that, although yeah. there's still the, the court challenges. Don't forget the court challenges. He, he can still be stopped. He may not have that victory, and certainly not in time for election day. That's our hope, and I think it's a reasonable one. I think it's a realistic one. I, I mean, um, even yeah. even kiss-ass Rand Paul is lining up against Trump yes, on this yes. thing. It's, it's amazing yeah, to observe yeah. this. Rand, Rand Paul really has been following Trump around, being a little puppy dog for Trump, but, but separates from him on this, which, because Rand Paul is also crazy, you can count on him to do sometimes, and, and sometimes his insanity works to the Democrats advantage yeah. uh, and it, it certainly is in, in this case I don't I don't know if that's uh, if they're even veto proof in the Senate yeah. uh, much less the House but and and that's where we are I, I think the reason the House is uh, such a challenge to overcome a veto is because of the Tea Party that remains or whatever it is they're calling themselves now. Yeah, it's it's interesting here with this uh, veto-proof majority. You actually may be right on the Senate side. I, I may have uh, misspoken as far as the number of votes they have on the Senate side override a veto. Yeah. But If I, they can only win it by a vote, uh, then they don't have enough to override. Yeah, and I, I saw a quote by Mitch McConnell, though, who said something along the lines of uh, that we have the votes to override a veto in the Senate, but they don't have it in the House, so... So it's going to get vetoed, and 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 so uh, you it, well, that wasn't obviously a direct quote, but it was something similar to that. They gave me the impression that, yeah, Mitch has got the votes, and and it's just it's so bizarre though 
to yeah. see. Well, Mitch never wanted the emergency. A lot of the guys who are over there who are voting for the emergency in the Senate uh, didn't want it, advised against it. Yeah. But now that he's doing it, well, he's Trump. We got to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they don't want to have to explain it to their voters at home why they voted against Trump. That's true, but they still have to, it seems like. It seems like like if their goal is to continue to pander to Trump's base, to continue to make sure they secure those red hats, which seems to inform every decision that congressional Republicans make, if right. that is their goal, I don't understand this particular vote because this is, the again, they are... Uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I was going to put it in a very I was going to put it in a very X-rated way that I'm I'm going to now revise and not say it but they are uh, let's put it this way. They are cock-blocking Donald Trump on a, well, on a major, better. major item. Yeah, there you go. Cock which isn't much better, but it's a little bit better than what I was originally going to say, I assure you. Yeah, um, well, and these are the mostly Republicans who don't have anything to lose, yeah. uh, you know, or who, in the case of Rand Paul, are crazy and and, mm. and go off on their own sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah so that it's it's only by fluke and stance that this is, uh, that this is happening. All right, we're going to take one last break and wrap up the show uh, right after this. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's who's this on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster... Then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, so I just noticed this come down, and this makes me happy, because the, the polling this week, Buzz, has, has really kind of freaked me out. Because it's a, yeah, a, 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 part of it is, yeah. Yeah, well, the one poll you mentioned where he's at 46% right. made me shit myself the other day. I was I just know. like, how, how is this even, how is this possible? I know. Do, do you people not see? And this is like one of those things where I'm just going off like Annie Wilkes. Uh, but this, the new Quinnipiac poll shows Trump's approval where it should be, which is at about 38% to uh, 55 disapproval. Yeah, and I honestly think it's less than that. And yeah. let me add that Quinnipiac, or Quinnipiac as I call it, uh, is traditionally a pro-Trump, is traditionally a, a poll that favors Trump and Republicans. Yeah. So it's surprising to see their poll lower then I've forgotten now who who had the other one that gave him forty six. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it was the NBC uh, Wall Street Journal poll. Let me remind everyone again that uh, here's what I have to remind myself when okay. I when I look at this because I've seen the breakdowns of previous similar polls, yeah. and what I'm seeing is that even among Trump supporters, if you ask them 
about his issues, his positions, one by one, mm-hmm. they're disapproved by yeah. a, v- a much vaster majority of Americans. So on uh, issue after issue after issue after issue, they disagree with Trump. It is our, what we're battling here is a cult of personality. Yeah. They like him because he's a dick. They like him because he's a jerk. Mm. They like him because he'll say things nobody else will say, even if they're wrong. They don't care that he's factually wrong. He carries the spirit. He embodies the spirit that, that they admire. He is their favorite shock jock. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is, this is what we're up against. This is the any any like I said he has Fox News helping him out on that. Uh, this is what we're up against here. Yeah, this, this poll. I'm just skimming this new poll, this Quinnipiac poll here, Buzz. Yes, they uh, believe Cohen over Trump, 50, 50 to thirty five. So fifty percent right. believe Cohen over Trump, thirty five believe See? Trump over Cohen. Interesting. Congress yeah. should investigate Cohen's claims, fifty eight to thirty five. See, uh, Trump committed crimes while president, forty five to forty three. That's pretty yeah, narrow. Yeah, that's within the margin of uh, error there, but still, still a plurality. Yeah, and that's all good news. But the thing that the one that pissed me off though was that NBC <laughs> News Wall Street Journal uh, poll. Which, uh, among other things, that just irritated the fuck out of me. Uh, by 50% to 18%, Americans view capitalism positively while viewing socialism negatively by the same margin. Wow. Which is just, oh my God, would you please stop asking questions like that, pollsters? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I ding, mean, ding. Yeah. If they were to actually... But- Ask what yeah. if they were to actually ask what socialism is, I would imagine that only about one percent at best would get the answer nobody. to that question correct. Yeah, no, yeah. nobody, nobody knows, and and that's a uh, that's going to be a tough thing for us to deal with uh, uh, leading up to the twenty twenty vote. Yeah, and that is this platform of the Republican Party and of Trump that uh, liberals, progressives, Democrats are socialists. Yeah. And and that's a scary word, you know. <laughs> as growing up a, as a kid, you know, there were certain things I knew you didn't want to be. Uh, you didn't want to be a communist. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be socialist. Yeah. And you, you didn't want to be gay. Those were the three things you just go, oh, God, anything but those was kind <laughs> yeah. of in the, the white suburb that I grew up in. It was, uh, geez, you can be anything you want, but don't be any of those because that's just... Those are unforgivable things. Exactly. And and that's, you know, that's what I grew up in. Well, again, uh, I mean, and, you know, the, one of the reasons why we can't have nice things is because a lot of people <laughs> don't understand what any of those things are, including right. being gay. You know which what I mean? Is it's, why, it's, yeah. yeah, which is why we need a better education on everything, on, on government. And I've talked about this before on how why it's important to vote and uh, how to balance a checkbook. And uh, there's just there's an awful lot we're not teaching uh, that, that we certainly should be. Uh, and the world would be a better place for it. But now we have, uh, sadly, a nation of ignorance. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, at least uh, for 46% of us are anyway. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, well, I mean, so here's a great example of that, Buzz. I mean, in this poll, uh, again, 50% view socialism negatively, 18% view socialism positively. But 55% say they want government to do more for their problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is now, well, see, this is where, this is where, and I'm not taking a stand on Bernie Sanders. I'm not taking a stand on any candidate until I've seen a few months of how they all run out there together. Yeah. Uh, but, but Bernie Sanders said a smart thing the other day. He was asked directly, you know, what about the socialism thing? You know, I, yeah, I, that's yeah. not exactly the question that was put to him. But Close enough. That was, that was the essence of it. Yeah. And he began by answering uh, just with, 
things that people need like health care and stuff like that. He didn't he never we we must not use the word. If somebody says socialism to us, we need to answer no, uh, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But and maybe that's how we should handle it. No, we're not socialists, not that it, there's anything wrong with that, but uh, here's what we do want and when people hear what Democrats do want, like health care and a decent wage and and uh, those sorts of uh, day-to-day issues, uh, they won't care what you call it. But it's I really think it's best we don't call it anything and yeah. don't don't acknowledge that. And yes, I agree with you. I wish they wouldn't ask the poll question. Unfortunately, uh, Republicans have made it part of their platform. Democrats are socialists. That's part of their campaign for 2020. And uh, yeah, we are going to have to deal with that. Uh, but but I don't think the way to deal with it is. We don't have to deny uh, democratic socialism, uh, yeah. uh, but but good luck, good luck. Ex- I mean, really, good luck explaining it to the American people. Better, I think, to talk about what you do want to do and uh, and try to take the focus off this very confusing. We're not going to get anywhere with this conversation. Name thing. Yeah. Well, it it, it comes down to a simple question like this, which is. Uh, do you like Medicare? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then all you got to say is all we want to do is more Medicare. That's all. It just comes down to more Medicare. And if you're yeah. if you're opposed you like to Medicare, Social Security? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Social Security is the same thing. You know, and in fact, the word right is in it. Social. It's in. It's in there. Yeah. yeah There's no denying. Yeah. But yeah, don't, I know. What yeah. You're don't saying. don't point. It. They won't notice the connection if you don't point it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> framing is everything. And, That's for sure. And, yeah, I really think so. I mean, again. I don't think we should be ashamed of uh, democratic socialism. I just don't think we should get into a discussion of it because, frankly, most Americans just wouldn't understand. Again, let's just talk about what we want to do to make people's lives better, uh, which are the very things that they want to do, health care, food on the table, Mm -hmm. maybe a little something to take a vacation with. Yeah, yeah, just a basic social safety net. We're not talking about revamping. In fact, I don't think anyone's really talking about eliminating private insurance at all. I think this is just a matter of offering a Medicare for All option. Although, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. That's certainly (laughs) true. But you know what? You know what a Medicare option is going to do? A Medicare for All option. Uh, will allow or will c- create a market climate that will reduce prices across the board. Yeah, because increase the, competition. They'll have to compete. Yeah, right. exactly. And the other, the big insurers are going to have to reduce their rates in order to compete with Medicare, which has a 3% overhead, while all of the private insurance companies have closer to a 8 or 10% overhead. Uh, you know, for every dollar spent, they're they're spending t- 10 cents of that dollar on overhead and not on care. Medicare can do way better than that, way more efficient. And so that's all we're talking about. You add that Medicare for all option and then suddenly things begin to level off and in fact prices begin to recede a little bit and that's kind of the whole idea at the very least it's going to continue to round off the cost curve the way obamacare did and uh yeah listen you you support that klobuchar hickenlooper ticket and (laughs) all your all your dreams will come true
There it is. Klobuchar, Hagen, Lugerberg. Uh, okay, <laughs> one last thing from this poll. 41% of voters say they would vote to reelect Trump in 2020, while 48% say they would probably vote for the Democratic candidate. So that's It all. ain't that close. It's not going to be that close when they get into the booth. It just isn't. God, I hope so. I hope you're so right on this, Buzz. You have no idea how much I hope you're right. 58%, by the way, don't think Trump's been honest and truthful regarding the Russia probe. See? 60% disapprove of his recent national emergency declaration to build a border wall, which may, in fact, explain why so many Republicans have voted against it in the Senate. So there's the answer they, to my question they from earlier. They say they support him. It's cult of personality. It's how you play the shock jock game. Uh, they, they're, this is, they're saying what they think they ought to say, but yeah. when you ask him about the issues... They're okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's a really good point to ask about the individual issues. Don't ask these broad questions about complicated economic systems. It doesn't work. People don't understand. Be specific, pollsters. Right. All right. Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com, realmnetwork.com, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever great newscasts are listened to. And that's uh, every Thursday. Buzz Burbank News and Comment. It's the best hour of news you're going to hear all week. You can listen to it in your car or wherever you go. Do it. Why don't you post-mortem next? See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.